Hello, listener. Do you like scary movies? What's your favorite scary movie? Well, Jay and Mike like scary movies, too. You should go and subscribe to their podcast. We watched a movie. Because if you don't, I'll gut you like a... Well, I think you get the idea. Enjoy yourselves while you still can. Hey guys, welcome back to We Watch a Movie. I am Mike, and this is a collection, a smattering, a fucking gaggle of 80s horror movie reviews that Jay and I have done together. We've got Chuck Norris in Silent Rage. We've got Silver Bullet, based on the Stephen King movie. And also we've got the one that I can't remember which one I added. Reanimator. All three classics. I believe these are all Patreon review requests and by the way we do have a link down below we have a tier you can join where you can request us to review a movie or do a commentary for it or take our pants that's oh sorry that's the that's the other one foot stuff butt stuff greg stuff i don't know but uh yeah here's three reviews that jay and i did together uh they're all patreon reviews and um they're all from 80s horror movies so i hope you enjoy it like i plan to enjoy you in the bedroom later and now a patreon salute oh yeah to our friend jay collin who is the sponsor for this week's episode of we watched a movie show fuck it's exciting i'm having a great goddamn time and i want to mention something uh jay you're very special to us you're a good friend man you're an awesome dude and we're really happy to have you in our corner as well as all of you in our corner oh that that jay but I also want to mention something about this, Jay. Thanks. It's now after 12 a.m., and it's officially your birthday, motherfucker. 21. Fuck yeah. Finally, we Buy can drink and drink legally. Cheers to you, my friend. Thanks. I'm I love going you. to be a ripe old age of 87 oh. years old, and I cannot wait to make out with that <laughs> never. Uh, okay, so... I don't know if it was you or somebody else sent this to us uh, a while back uh, for a, 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 an unboxing. Yeah, you guys sent us the Blu-ray for it. Yeah, it was great. It was awesome. Thank you uh, for doing that because I had not heard of this movie. I had never seen this movie. And Chuck Norris is one of those kind of guys. Uh, like, he's cool. Like, I, I like Hitman, Delta Force, things like that. He's awesome. I didn't like fucking Walker, Texas Ranger. Fucking weehaw! I didn't like that shit. <laughs> he said weehaw! But, uh, nothing, well, I, I never rode a horse. But, uh, either way, that it was, actually, tickets. It was actually not a bad film. It's cheesy as all get out. Like, it, it really is super cheesy. It's as cheesy as the early 80s as it can be. But it's got this charm to it, man. You, you just can't never remake on a, on a like flashy uh, 4K fucking okay. TV. The thing about Chuck Norris is, and this is the weirdest thing. Chuck Norris to me has always seemed like a PG guy. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he he's like a wholesome dude. He sells fucking workout equipment for God's sake on infomercials. But at in 3 this one, he's rolling in. He's he's raw. He's raw. And I was like, damn. I was like, I never. I was like, I didn't know about you like that, Chuck. And he still doesn't say anything. He's still like the all G shucks kind of guy. Kinda. But, but no, when he gets mad, dude. There's one. He's like, because because uh, tell him to back off. I'll snap your tw- uh, your neck like a fucking twig. He, he said, said fucking. Yes, though. he did. He said fucking. He said fucking, dude. He said I missed twig. that shit. Yeah, he did. He said fucking wow. twig. It was in the bar. He grabbed that guy and had him in the in the in the chokehold. How did I miss that? No, I had it on subtitles, and I could, it said fucking twig. <laughs> but it was, it, it, you know, either way. But he's uh, a badass. In this it movie. was awesome, man. Yeah, um, that's the whole idea. It's it's Chuck Norris versus Michael Myers without a mask on. Basically, that guy looks just like him. That's basically the movie. So it starts out. You're in this quiet, like I just imagine it's a Texas town, even though I'm sure it's not, just because of Walker, Texas Ranger. But it's just. <laughs> 
it's basically that scene in Friday Part 5 when they're, they're at the middle home and that guy's chopping wood and the dude goes like, have some chocolate. And the dude like just axes him to death. There's this crazy looking dude in this house and I don't know what the fuck he's doing there. I don't know if he's renting a room or what. But this crazy ass dude wakes up in a house and the kids are screaming and this woman will not stop screaming. It's awful. It's like an anchor man. He's like, I woke up on a Japanese family's kitchen table and they would not stop screaming. Shut up. But the, she was just bitching at the kids left and right. It was noisy and you were annoyed watching her. Like, I just want to go fucking crazy. I would have picked up an axe myself. That's what he does. He goes out and she sends the kids away. You know what, by the way, I want to point out, besides him looking like Michael Myers in certain scenes with the silhouette, do you know what he really looks like, dude? Who? And like, and he's got the same kind of disposition. Chris Collinsworth? No, he looked like Liam Gallagher from Oasis. Uh, is it Liam? From, <laughs> from Oasis? Oasis? Yeah. And he fucking was mad that his brother was fucking getting attention. He was pissed off. <laughs> like, he looked like... He, look, he looks like Oasis. Dude, he looks like a Gallagher brother. To me, he looks like a bizarro world Chris Collinsworth from Sunday Night Football. I can see him dude. He's like, Doctor, I'm not feeling so good. It's, uh, and first off, <laughs> by the way, the chick that's in the house with the kids... You can clearly see this guy is unstable as fuck, and yeah. he's sweating bullets like Shaq at the foul line, and you're, and he's on the phone, and he's dropping his medication. She's like, "Can't stop the crazy, huh? No need to be rude." Yeah. And you're like, she, "Bitch, she, you got to be dumb." She will not stop screaming. She screams in his face like, "Can't stop crazy, won't they?" And she's the one being loud. She's screaming at the kids, but she's screaming. It's like it's like when someone's telling someone to shut up. They're like, "Will you seriously be quiet?" And it's like, "Lady, you're the one being loud." But eventually, he just, like, he tells the doctor, he's like, I can't make it today. I just can't do it. And he hangs up the phone. She's being loud as fuck. He goes and gets an axe and just walks in. And she sees him with the axe. And she's like, oh, no, fuck. I want to, you know, when he gets the axe, it's, 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 it's crazy time. Uh, let's go all the way right now at this moment when he gets the axe. But I like when he went outside first with the kids. They were screaming and whatever. And he, <laughs> he picks up the, uh, the axe. And there's there's a wood pile, and he like acts like he wants to chop it. And he's like, I'm not. It's not working. And then he walks into the chicken coop for some fucking reason. There's nothing that happened. I thought he was gonna kill a bunch of chickens and have some buckets of KFC. But he doesn't even do anything. He's just like he walks into the fucking chicken coop, then he walks back out. Yep, like he's like, I smell chicken. that shit, and now I'm gonna walk back out. It's enough. Like that's what I. It's like he walked in there to smell a fucking magic marker, and then he walked back out and he's pissed. Yeah, but when he comes in and he goes uh, ape shit. Uh, <laughs> Dude, it's so cheesy, but it's so good. When he goes ape shit with the fucking axe and he starts chasing her up the stairs, mm -hmm. the one guy like that came out of nowhere, like it probably it looked like a, a fucking director of photography. Like they just threw him in the set. He's like tries to grab it. He turns around, it slices him in the face, and he goes, "Oh!" <laughs> <laughs> the, way the, the way the axe landed was just like. It looked like somebody squirted Heinz ketchup on his face. He's like, oh! <laughs> it was so cheesy. Uh, and, you know, then he chases the chick into the room, and, and he's cornering her. And, by the way, the, there's I was like, you know, it, I can't pick it apart too much, because it, it came out in 82. It's called yeah. Silent Rage with Chuck Norris. But when she's trying to open the window, and they clearly ripped off The Shining to do this scene. Oh, yeah, he puts his face in the hole of the door yeah. and everything. But she's lifting the window up, and for some reason she can't get it all the way up. And there's, a, out, bitch. there's clearly the a roof out. that you can roll off of. You yeah. might break your leg, but you're not going to lose your life. She was like that lady in Speed. Where like, like, Remember when they are like pushing everybody out of the elevator? And she's yeah. like, I can't, I can't. It's like, lady, just do it. I go. Would, yeah, I, I was like, I would just let you drop. Because, I mean, you're yeah. not going to take away everything. She could have escaped so fucking easily. Yeah. But he corners her up there and he kills her. Then old big bad uh, fucking Chuck rolls up in his Bronco. <laughs> and, and 
uh, with his fat friend. I can't remember. That guy was funny though. I love uh, it. That guy was awesome. Dude. His sidekick's fucking hilarious. But Chuck rolls up. He's like, "You, you wait in here and take questions. I'm gonna go see what this." He got his fucking cowboy head just on. Walks right in like a, like lethal, like Mel ready Gibson to go. He was like Mel Gibson and Lethal Weapon, where he just walks on that school field and just shoots that sniper because he knew he couldn't reach him from where he was. That's the kind of badassness, confidence that Chuck Norris walks in that. I, I, I strongly believe that in real life, somewhere on the winds, when he rolls up in anything, whether it be a Bronco or a fucking Mercedes, that this song comes on. I was born long ago. I'm the chosen. I'm the one. Like that. Are you gonna go my way, by Lenny Kravitz? Like I hear the voices that you keep. When, when you're talking, talking in your sleep. But no, dude, Chuck Norris is badass, obviously. Yeah. And he gets in that room and he confronts the serial killers. Now, I will say that there are moments... The music's kind of weird. And it's yeah. kind of discordant. And it kind of makes you feel a little bit... Gooey gooey. But it's not bad. Like, I mean, they set up this thriller aspect to it where, where the, the, the axe murderer is kind of hiding around. And it's creepy, dude. Like, the guy that they cast to do this, other than him looking like Liam Gallagher from Oasis and, and a weird Chris Collinsworth, he looks like... A fucking serial killer. Like, kind of looks like Tony Moran in they, uh, yeah, Halloween. They did a good job with that yeah. casting of that guy. Um, so they set that scene up. Well, he confronts the axe murderer. Uh, then, you know, things happen. He whoops his ass. Then he runs outside and, and he escapes through the window, which the bitch should have done at the very beginning of the movie. He rolls off the fucking roof. Chuck Norris runs out after him. His uh, sidekick shoots the grass. He's like... He almost shot Chuck Norris right in the head. You can see Chuck Norris. I, I like. He's always so nice, but that moment where his sidekick was like, "Stop!" and he almost shot Chuck Norris. Shot Chuck Norris in the face. Chuck Norris was like, and he was like, "Oh." Yeah, I, I always, like you know, it's like those memes like, with Chuck Norris. Like uh, a bullet simply does not attack Chuck Norris. He says no. <laughs> but yeah, so he chases the guy down. Uh, he, he gets him under arrest, and they're putting him in the back of the car. Which Rock- is totally a cop scene, by the way. Yeah. Like, he chased him out into the brush. It's like they, live PD. Yeah, and then they have a straight-up fight out there, which the fight... He even, looked like, but he looked like a cheetah coming out of the bush. He was like... <laughs> even before this guy gets his superhuman tendencies, it was a good fight between him and Chuck Norris. I don't he know. was doing a good job. That's the thing. Uh, he does get genetic testing later on in the film that makes him like a lot more durable. He's got that Logan juice, y'all. But it makes him more durable. But in this one, he was already fucking strong. Yeah, and he could take a goddamn couple of bullets. Well, he, he, he when Chuck Norris finally gets gets him in the back of the uh, of the police cruiser, he breaks the fucking handcuffs. And when he kicks the the window, it knocks the whole fucking door. Off. I know that's insane. God damn that creatine. Brad Doroff. Times 10. But also Ron Silver shows up and he's telling him not to kill him. Ron Silver yeah. being there had no... Because I thought that that was the guy, the doctor that he was talking to on the phone. Yeah. But it might not have been him. I don't know. And Ron Silver, by the way, uh, bad guy from Time Cop. Great, also. great guy. And as you were saying, the, the dude from The Entity as well. He looks like... He, he kind of looks like Al Pacino from Serpico. Great fucking underrated actor, man. Love this guy. But he shows up and he's the guy's psychiatrist. So he shows up on the scene. He's like, whoa, 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 don't kill him. But when the dude breaks out uh, of the police cruiser, and, and even Chuck Norris is screaming, "Don't shoot!" Yeah, they they, they unload their guns into him. But he's him, still fucking alive. And they, but they for the most part kill him. Like he's almost dead. Oh, they yeah. shoot him several times. But, he, but his eyes were still rolling. I was like, Jesus Christ! Yeah. He won't stop. Were those fucking bullets or were those hacky sacks? Uh, and also, Ron Silver. You know who he looks like. I've always he always reminded me of like a vice principal that really took his job seriously. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I've got to do my job. So charismatic. Like, I you look. I like I got to do my job. I know you want to do your job as a student. You got to believe in yourself. Listen, get out of my office. Go ahead, do it, something good in your life, and fuck yourself. He would have been a great replacement for John Belushi in the principal. He, he was. He, he's a great. He was a great actor. Um, but anyway, speeding on through the film because I you know we don't want to take forever to talk about it. It's an amazing movie. I, I want you guys to see it. It really is fun. Yeah. Uh, 
they get him back to to a, a, a like a it's not really a hospital it's more like a, a genetic testing center where the guy was doing behavioral sciences before he became an axe murdering asshole the, the guy they fix him up and then they what they decide ultimately to do the doctors Ron Silver included and fucking Gomez Adams like that guy looked like fucking Gomez <laughs> Adams mustachios I yeah, kept thinking he looked like like a mean Gomez Adams from the Adams family he, he, Josh Brolin would have been perfect in yeah. a remake to play um, that character they, they, they decided to inject him with this experimental drug called Mitogen something anyway what it basically does is accelerate his healing process so his yeah. body heals instantly but his brain is dead no no I'm sorry He's healing, but his brain is dead. So they inject that mitogen shit or whatever it's called, and it heals his brain, but it changes his brain chemistry. Yeah. So it becomes even more fucked up than he already was. In the meanwhile, Chuck Norris is out there trying to get the death certificate. He's looking like a badass. He's got gene. He's got jeans. Blue jean, baby queen. He's got a. He's got a fucking blue jean shirt and blue jeans. He looks fucking badass. <laughs> he's shirtless for half this fucking movie, though, dude. And also, he fucks a lot in this. There was like yeah. twenty five fucking minutes of the movie. Basically, while they're there at this institute, Chuck Norris runs into a girl he used to bang that he just walked away from, and they rekindle their relationship. And all of a sudden, while back at the facility, while the doctors are all fighting over all this shit, they give the bad guy this super. Basically, it's a super serum. It's basically the Captain America Logan juice. Logan juice. He can. They, they cut him. In and he heals instantly. They make him a fucking Michael Myers type yeah. guy, uh, but he's he's docile. His, his mind's gone. He's, he's he's asleep for the most part. Chuck Norris, meanwhile, is trying to rekindle his relationship with his girl for no and, reason. Like he's like he's like really desperate for it. He's like, <laughs> and he's dude. He's, he's like the, the, I like how his, I like his moves, dude. Because he doesn't really he doesn't really come on to her like hey. He so, just takes, but it. he's just like she's like no, like, and he's like, like he touches her like a little bit. He's like. He was creepy. It was rapey as fuck. Yeah, but it was. it's working for especially it. for Chuck Norris. You know, why? you know that's not Chuck Norris's name. No, no. But you know you why? No, that's not Chuck Norris. He smells name. like Old Spice and and fucking fresh cut grass. <laughs> it was out of character for Chuck. Norris. It was, and that's why that was where it was awkward because it, it felt like he was doing more of a Tom Atkins. Yeah, but it but it felt like you can't resist me because I smell like Old Spice and like fresh cut grass, <laughs> and like I know that I can make your dreams come true. And he has the mustache and he's got the blonde hair and like I don't know, like he just. And he, and he whoops the ass, but he was just touching her, and he'd be like, and she's like, "I'm not getting in the bed with you again." And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, I know." Yeah, I he's know. like sticking his finger in her. Yeah, he's ear. like, "I know." He's like, "I know." It's okay. But the best part is, is just that later on when she comes up to his house, and he's basically Patrick Bateman sitting in his house listening to like the the Yami. Like, the, I love that. The, 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 uh, I thought it was cool. Yeah, Aqualung. He's listening to this like jazzy stuff, and, and like she shows up at his door, and the music is like. You know what? That he's shirtless as fuck, you know, just holding a towel. That didn't make me miss the '80s though. Back when, because he was setting his record player, so there's no fucking like you know uh, a goddamn iPhone with all your music. And, and, you know, he had to go down. He ran downstairs with a shirt off, and he had a towel all around his fucking neck, like he had just got done working out extremely hard. And he run downstairs, and he he puts the record on, and he's like. Hanging out, he's like, I'm going to have me like a little whiskey. It's cool, man. It's like, it was, it was so 80s. And it's then like, she, oh, I didn't see there. And then she walks in, he's like, okay, well, you don't mean interrupt. Okay, I won't interrupt. Okay, you go ahead and talk. <laughs> the whole thing is terrible. It's so good, but I liked it. But again, I had to fast forward this part. I'm not going to lie. Because the fucking scenes happen like twice. And, and they're, the, the second one they're is long. extended. You watch them have sex, then they eat fruit, then they have sex. Then they eat fruit. And then they have sex. Oh, I have it. And then they eat more fruit. I was looking at that shit. I was like, who the fuck does that? Like, he had grapes, goddamn fresh cut apples, uh, banana peels up in their bed with, like, some wine. I was like, nobody fucking has the time. Bitch, you're lucky to get a Pop-Tart before we're done fucking. I'm not going to bring you a fucking breakfast platter. Like, 
that's it's the not even a good pop no, it's, it's fucking blueberry. It's all vegetables. There's and shit. no frosting. Or, 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 I'm not sorry. Fruit. It's a fruit basket. It's like I'm not gonna go make that shit for you in the fucking kitchen while my dick <laughs> is still leaking. This movie was obsessed with sex and fruit. It was nonstop. It, it's so weird to me because again, that's where it's so like. It's like what the hell? It's because it, it's like Clint East. It's like Clint East, It's fucking uh, Chuck Norris, man. Yeah. The PG guy, fucking poster boy. And he's rolling around with titties popping got, around. Pop, yeah, titties are popping out. He's like, like he don't see them, and you know he does. But he's like, she rolling. He's, he's like, <laughs> but either way, it, but, and, what the fuck is with the fruit? Like, <laughs> it's Chuck fucking Norris. It's like you think Steven Skull makes some fucking fruit basket for you after he fucks you? He doesn't give a shit about you. You know that was Chuck Norris' idea. It's like, can I at least feed I, her? can I at least feed her? And I like how he was like, his foot slowly pushed the fruit basket down there. Fucking, he's like, mm-hmm. and his hairy ass legs. Love you forever. <laughs> but it was like weird shit like that. But yeah, either way, we're focusing a lot on that. But it's really, it's so cheesy. It's like thirty minutes of the fucking movie. But I will say what. What they really I liked a lot, and I wish they explored more of. Um, Chuck Norris has always got that like cool guy vibe with him. That when he's talking to his partner, he's doubting himself. Yeah, you know, oh, I mean? love that the the, uh, we, the big guy. That's a whole scene right there. That's a whole part in the bar. Of the, movie, it, the first time, yeah, yeah, the first time that the the big guy, his partner, goes into uh, like a country kind of diner, and he's sitting down. He orders some uh, two hamburgers, which you gotta get if you're hungry. And, uh, and he's basically the chocolate bar guy from, yeah, from Friday Five. Uh, he means well, and he, and he's, he, but he's kind of dorky, and he's kind of like out of his element. But anyway, this one girl's—they're—they're they're making fun of him. The, these biker guys are in there, and they're random as fuck. Like that's just random. Like they had to sprinkle in some Streets of Rage bad guys. Honestly, my favorite parts. In the- it is. It's yeah. cool. I, I, they they could have been the main bad guys. I'm like, that's fucking. Okay. They were almost a, a Mad Max like uh, group, or, or uh, I think it's which uh, Friday Thirteenth is it? Is it three? Um, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's part three, three where, where the, 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 the little gang comes the to town gang, and they're yeah. like too badass for whatever. And they're picking on him. But he's got his double hamburger. He's just trying to have a good time or whatever. He's trying to eat his foods and, and you know drink his shake. This one bitch with these big, big boobies and has a, uh, tattoos you on. You can tell that they literally just put the temporary tattoos on yeah. her tits because they were still like glistening. Yeah. From the so she, like, she's hitting on him but making fun of him at the same time. They're laughing. Clint Eastwood comes in. Clint Eastwood being Chuck the fucking... Norris. I keep saying Clint Eastwood. I don't know. I, I guess I got the reminded of. Uh, Could have been Clint Eastwood. I, I feel like I don't know why. I yeah. mean, Clint Eastwood's a better Probably actor. Probably would have fit better. Than... No, he's well. Yeah, maybe. Chuck Norris walks in and uh, he sits down. He's ordering his fucking meal or his coffee or whatever. These guys start making fun of him. He was like, he was like, "What's about a small town, bunch of pussy cops?" And he was like, well, "You haven't been to this town." <laughs> he always it, town chew you up. He, he's got this. Out. The stepfather quality to him. He's like, yeah. look, I'm a good dad, and I could be a great dad to you, but don't fucking test me, son. <laughs> like, true. he's got this thing about it. Yeah. Like, he's a good person. and because like, he looks like a 12-year-old boy with his blonde hair and, like... Oh, just, well, he had a great uh, mustache. A mustachio. And he's, he's, he's sort of short, and he just walks around with his shirt off and his blue jeans, and he just looks weird. But he runs him out. I can't the, believe Chuck Norris is such a star. Like, I love him, but it's he, he yeah. doesn't look like it. I think what it is is because he's a badass. Like, he can kick some fucking yeah. ass for real, but he's not an actor. Like, he's never really been an actor. He's, well, he, he can do one role, and that's nice. Well, guy. I don't even think... That's oh, supreme well, fucking nice guy. Uh, well, I was talking to my, uh, my dad about this. I think that the truth is about Chuck Norris is that Chuck Norris was... Uh, 
he's a, a amazing martial artist, and he's for real. I mean, he's been proven. But he's just not a good actor. I mean, that that happens. Like, I mean, it's like when it's like he, I don't even think he's that terrible. I just think he's a one trick pony. He can just do well, the, so he Steven can do Seagal. the nice guy who could beat your ass. But Steven Seagal, well, I mean, yeah, definitely. But Steven Seagal, I, but, well, you can't say John Claude. John Claude is John actually versatile. Got range, he's versatile. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, so they run him out of the diner. What really happens is in that particular scene that you're talking about that you want, like that's the whole scene. It's actually really uh, touching. It's actually a really cool moment. Uh, the the big guy comes out, the partner of Chuck, and he's like, you know, I can't. Maybe I'm in the wrong line of work. I don't like violence. I've never even been in a fight. I've always run away. And then Chuck does this... He does this fucking, like, again, the stepfather that believes in you. And I'm not here to just to fuck your... I'm going to have sex with your mother. But I, I, I really want you to do well and go to college. But he's like... He puts his foot up on the Bronco. And he's like, I think you'd, you'd be a fine law enforcement officer. Dad Gummit. He's like, I knew you'd say that, Chuck. Dad Gummit. I knew it. He goes, it'd be a really shame if you quit before you found out. And it's yeah. like... I follow, I'll follow yeah. you wherever. You and in that scene right there, you kind of fall in love with the relationship, and you kind of like that. That his sidekick becomes less of an annoying, stupid character, and more of one you're. I also, for I also like, yeah, bit. and I like his story. The the bigger his partner about the uh, the fucking oh, dog gosh. that he put in the freezer. <laughs> that was fucking great. It was fucking hilarious because he was like, "No, nah, I want to tell you about something I didn't put on my resume." He's like, "One time I was, I, I, my dog got dirty, so I tried to clean him off, and then I didn't want anybody to know, so I put him in the freezer, and then I found him, and then his mouth was like, oh. that's just, that, you you know what? I, I was listening to that. And I was like, "That's a story that Mike and I would just tell each other. Like, if that actually happened, like one of us did that." But it's so random. It, like, it's it's good. It's funny. It's yeah. Good. And then uh, again, I don't want to go. You know, we don't want to get too far because yeah. we want you guys to see this. But I will say one of the better scenes. The, you know, the bad guy's great, and when they have a confrontation, it's awesome. But the the, the bar scene is hands Favorite down scene of the movie, fucking. Dude. It's yeah. insanely good. It's so good. There's on different levels why it's so good. I mean, there's action. Yes, you got that classic '80s action, the karate shit. You've got the comedy part because when the when his partner walks, he's like, "All right, you motherfuckers, get against the wall." <laughs> yeah. So they said the scene real quick, like the the bikers that he was fighting with at the cafe, and this is a whole side story. But again, it's probably the best part of the whole fucking movie. Mm. They they pull up to a uh, a bar where the, all the bikers are at, and they've got the bartender hanging up. Did by you remember? News. Well, you got you got to remember when he's like, "Hey, go back to the." Uh, oh, what Whatever, uh, Charlie Chill or whatever the bar, the, he, the the partner spins the fucking Bronco around and he's like and he goes and he parks like well, I want to get these brakes checked out. <laughs> Chuck Norris's face is like you motherfucker. Mm. But they go in and and this gang is taking over this bar mm. and they're just like they're they're literally taking like the waitresses and like ripping their clothes off and pouring beer. Well, on they were them they were enjoying. But it. They were smiling. Yeah, they yeah. were like yeah. But the the bartender was like hanging by a noose or whatever and they, they were doing all this fucked up shit again a Mad Max type scene. But that was the funniest scene in the fucking. <laughs> movie do when they walk in and Chuck Norris before they walk in he's like let me do the talk let me do the talk yeah. and then when they walk in the <laughs> big dude's like now listen you motherfuckers get against the wall <laughs> but you know it was so good and then and then the, the, the one chick that had been making fun of him earlier in the diner walks up and she shows her tits there's tits everywhere in this bar so like this is tits. titty central yeah. she shows her titties and, and then and he's like uh She's like, have you ever seen anything like this? He's like, no. He <laughs> gets all timid and stuff. And then, anyway, uh, long story short, uh, Chuck says, go out there and call for backup. He runs out in the car to call for backup. Chuck fucking whoops ass. And I knew he was going to. Like, there's... It's like when it's like right before a tornado hits your house. It's like <laughs> shit gets silent. Basically, the like, audience was Bill Paxton in Twister, where he like takes the yeah. sand. He's like, it's coming north. No, but it, it, it got real quiet. There's and, a storm and, coming. And the fucking clouds were dark. <laughs> and he like, 
It's on the move. <laughs> and you know something cool is going to happen. And Chuck fucks them up, dude. Chuck gets like, first off, he gets that street fight shit going. You know, just street fighter shit. And then he, the, the motherfucker tries to hit him with a, a pool cue and he breaks it. Then he's got a weapon. Then he starts doing his classic spin round kicks and shit. I'm like, God dude, damn, it's good. And it was and then, it, it, well filmed action. Dude, it looked great. Too. And that main guy, the, the, the leader of the gang. You know that part where the one girl threw the bottle at him and he ducked? Yeah. He's like, why you throw a bottle like that for? He goes, who's gonna pay for it? I ain't. <laughs> so, he said, not me, bitch, hit him. <laughs> no, he said, I ain't gonna pay for it. I know what he all said. He's like, don't throw uh, it at me, bitch, throw it at him. And then, I, like, again, I heard Chuck Norris cuss. And I I had it on subtitles, so I don't think it lied. <laughs> he, grabbed, he grabbed the guy by the fucking neck and he's like... Uh, back off or I'll break your fucking neck like a twig I'm like woo I was like this is a totally different Chuck uh, but he whooped all that ass and in the meantime uh, Big Boy Partners is out in the, in the, in the like, fucking parking lot they're the hugest tits you've ever seen he goes I man. think I'll marry her he goes hey, you know, he, said, he said they're the biggest tits I ever seen they got tattoos they got, on them they got tats on them and look I I, I think about it, I'm gonna watch right back in there and ask him for a date. <laughs> and then when he, when he kicked the guy out of the fucking room, he's like, "Oh my god, Mayday, Mayday, Billy!" <laughs> it was so, dude. That scene is worth it is. it's worth the fucking price yeah. of admission. So I'm gonna tell you this: I don't want to give the movie away. I really yeah. don't even want to explore too much more of it because I to do that we're gonna spoil it. And it actually goes downhill from here too because afterwards, what happens is the whole thing that's happening with the with the real bad guy, the doctor. Yeah. And and there's some tense scenes. And I actually really enjoyed the doctor. When he went back to his house and you Gomez. got to see him, yeah, we oh, got, Ron Silver, you got, yeah, Ron Silver, you get to see his interactions with the other guys because he's fighting. He's like, "This isn't right. We shouldn't do this." And then it, his character was really well done. Like, I liked him and I liked his wife. I even liked the bad guy doctor. Yeah, like yeah. the over the top kind of a Frankenstein guy. Yeah, and they they were great. And the conversation I was like, "Why?" I think you forget who's boss here. Okay, I'm the boss. Now get the fuck out. <laughs> he's still like, But he goes back Ooh. and he talks to his wife and he, like, even though his wife's in the in the movie for a minute, like you care about her character, but long story short the guy escaped he finally like wakes up for whatever fucking reason By the way, that, dumb. but that was stupid though it took like 45 minutes yeah i don't know why yeah so yeah. the guy wakes up and he goes there and the death scenes and that scene were really actually good he was full on michael myers shows up and he's wearing this blue full jumpsuit he's full on michael myers he gets his kills he kills a couple people whatever the face against the wall was a great was fucking nice. death scene dude i actually when i was watching i went ooh. <laughs> Well, <laughs> she grabbed her face and just went fucking gagoom like and a, killed her. Instantly. I think there was a lot of good things about the movie as far as like the uh, the action sequences go, for sure. Like that was like one of the main selling points of this movie. Yeah. But the thriller se- sections of it, the horror sections that they tried to focus on with the serial killer, it went killer, downhill fast. It did. Yeah. Like there were things about it that were really good, and I, I could see where they were going, but they took too long to get there. Like the punchline was gone by that point. Yeah. It's like you gotta like, and I don't understand that they wanted to tell the story, you know, about the medical stuff, and but god damn. 45 fucking minutes by this time I've already got gray well, hair look the idea is like the idea is fucking I cannot believe like please remake this like do you want like, I want yes. I want a remake but I want I really want Chuck to come back well I, I, no, I, it's fucking Chuck Norris dude I, dude you could do like imagine and this got me John thinking Cena. too imagine not John Cena <laughs> but if you, if you did a remake of this dude and, and so bad it's so and I feel like we're going on too much about this and I don't want to but there's so much to talk about here it's so I'm good it's, yeah, it's, dude, it's Chuck dude, fucking dude imagine if it like Steven Seagal fucked his career by being so one dimensional and refusing and to go outside imagine if Steven Seagal was willing to play the bad guy do you know what fucking that would have been 
of shit. That would have been fucking amazing if he was willing to do that. But I'm ashamed of you. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> but like uh, this, this guy's basically the Terminator. He's Michael Myers. He's coming up. He's everything. But like you said, man, after all those action scenes happen, and then they go into the horror version of the movie, you can tell the director had a good handle on the action and like the karate and all that shit. It was great. The action scenes were fucking awesome. They, they were, were great, fun. Man, yeah. But when they do, when this dude shows up and he starts to kill people, and the whole idea is so fucking rad. It's great. This unsolved machine versus an action hero. Mm. God damn, that's genius. Why hasn't anybody else made this movie? Universal Soldier. But that the the, the, the only thing I want to say is that when they go the rest of the movie they really start to focus on this Halloween 2 hospital chase scenes type slow down chase scenes they do the Michael Myers thing and it, they just don't do it well yeah I, I just think that once you once you take that long to get to the point once you get that long to have your anti not you your your um your bad guy versus your hero of the film it's nobody cares anymore like I, like I liked Chuck Norris in this I think Chuck Norris Actually had a great role. He had a great supporting cast around him. They, yeah. Everybody was was great. I mean, Juan fucking Silver was in this, and it was it was good. I wouldn't have. Uh, I can't tell you everything about that, but there were certain things I would have done differently with that character, particularly. Yeah. And then there was I would definitely sped up some other things about the movie and maybe added more uh, more uh, scenes with Chuck. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think Chuck was in it enough. But either way, yeah. uh, it's it's a it's a fantastic movie. Chuck Norris is fucking on fire in yeah. this shit, and it's worth it. it. Like what I said, it's worth the price of admission. It's worth for you to go rent it. It's like three ninety nine on Vudu, I think, or maybe two ninety nine. I don't know. It's like for just the bar sequence. Just the bar sequence yeah. is fucking worth it. And not just that, but and we can fast forward here to like to cut this a little bit short. But what it all ends up in ultimately is Chuck Norris finally facing off against this guy one on one in a one on one fight when they're in the woods so that's just that was fucking it was cool but the, the weak sauce I didn't like was the fact that there was no music it just felt like they were like they were doing like practice in the fucking studio that was fine though dude because my favorite thing about action movies is the final fight sequence was when the good guy you have a good guy who's a human being up against this super serum dude who's unstoppable and he has no weapons and he's trying to protect this girl and he has to fight him and like you're thinking like this is an unwinnable situation and you watch Chuck Norris use his karate skills to stop this guy but I think it would have been like a 15 minute fight scene though and it was such a good fight scene it was so fun to watch and I liked that there was no music no it was cool you felt like you were wa- it felt like when you were after like high school when you go watch somebody fight and like yeah. behind the Win Dixie I, like. I didn't want to watch Win Dixie fight I wanted to watch a really cool <laughs> I, inspirational I fight I loved it dude I, I, well the Win Dixie fight would have been cool except for the fact I would have been fine with that at the beginning and then, when, because the fight sequence went on for a little bit, yeah, maybe throw in some inspirational like, sure, but like uh, some fucking eighties, <laughs> or like you know, like or something like um, uh, down I'll on fight to survive. Like down on your luck, you can find a way. Like I don't know, something like that. And then he he does something. But either way, um. It's a great film. It's a great flick. It's awesome. Uh, cannot recommend it more. I'm going to give the movie, to be fair, I'm going to give it a 7.0. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's fair for the film itself, but I would give it a 10 plus based on the nostalgic factor alone yeah. and how cool it is to have those kind of gems still available to us to watch. But that could have easily disappeared with the VHS conversion to DVD, and we would never have got to have this beautiful fucking movie yeah. to love and watch so yeah man uh, so 7.0 overall but a great fucking cheesy ass great film to watch popcorn movie all the way um, it's weird I don't know 
it's definitely an action movie. Like, it's definitely an action movie, but it's listed as a drama thriller. I know. I give it a 7.5. All the reason we mentioned, it, it, it's, it's such an amazing idea, and sometimes the execution is there. The fight scenes are really, really good. They didn't do the, the Michael Myers. Like, the Michael Myers idea is fantastic, but they didn't do the Michael Myers uh, execution very well. As far yeah. as him, like, stalking people, those scenes took too long, and but, they really just took the fucking air out of the movie. That underground tunnel scene, when he's standing in silhouette and shadow. Yeah. Dude, he looks like Michael Myers because he's got this particular hairstyle that it just looks like Michael, William Shatner's hair. Yeah, it looks. I was like, God damn, yeah. that's fucking yeah. on point. But Jay, amazing fucking choice, man. Uh, I'm so glad I watched this. This Jay, hey, why? Call it okay. We're gonna fucking watch this again very, very soon. Uh, so glad to have you in our corner and to have this movie watched. <laughs> hey guys, welcome back to We Watch Movie. I'm Mike. I'm Jay. This is the Silver Bullet Review. Oh, one of my favorite movies of werewolves. Of all time. Absolutely. Loves it. Absolutely. Loves it. Absolutely. Shit. And the reason that we're doing Silver Bullet is, number one, because we have a tier on our Patreon where you can request us to do a specific review for you and our buddy Troy Couch, longtime subscriber, longtime Patreon. We love you, Troy Couch. Thank you very much. And he sits on the couch and he subscribes and we love him for he that. He has a cool name. Not only is he Troy of Achilles. And that is why no one beautiful. will remember your name. <laughs> but by the way, uh, yeah, I, I love that he actually did request this because I, I watched this like uh, about a month ago and then yes. Mike was like, hey, uh, watch it again because we're going to do a review on it. Yes. It's still... Just as good, and you also get Gary Busey mid-crazy. Not all the way crazy, where he's like, fine, Gary Busey, mid-crazy. It's the perfect level of Gary Fucking Busey. Uncle Red is one of the best uncles of all time. I spilled beer on my knee. All that is is cocaine and Folgers. Silver bullet, by the way. Gonna shout out one of the best fucking underrated actors of the film, the Reverend Everett McGillis. McGillis. Great. Love that dude. McGillis. I loved him always. Yeah, Everett McGillis. However you say it. Something. Uh, he was great in The People on the Stairs. He's great in this. He reminds me of a slightly better-looking Joe Bob Briggs, but like an uglier wow. version of Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Like, just right there. Yeah, it's kind of strange. Delivers the line so well. And not just him, dude. This entire movie, this cast is fucking so good. This entire cast is great. It's got Corey Heyman in it. Each one of their characters are memorable. Even the yeah. smallest ones are memorable. And it's one of my favorite werewolves movies, like, period. And one of the greatest Stephen King adaptations screenplay. that, that uh, exists, And he did the man. screenplay. Yeah. And this kid, he's, uh, he's, he's stuck in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. Yeah. You know, and he doesn't have a dad, and he has his mom. Uh, Gary Busey's the best character in the entire uh, movie. Great. I loved him. He is the best character. So relatable. Movie. I love the fact that he's sitting, drinking wild turkey, playing fucking cards <laughs> yeah. with his fucking nephew. You and they're yeah. batting like baseball, like Yankees. And he's like, We said no managers, you can't double step a d triple step. Corey Haim uh, is great, phenomenal, very disarming, a uh, cool kid, definitely the 80s embodiment of that kind of time. And then when the werewolf strikes, it's fucking vicious. I mean, it's yeah. way like it's w more visceral than I actually, uh, when I was a kid and I rented Silver Bullet. No, I didn't rent it. My, somebody did. But I watched it. I was like, you know, I, the music itself disarmed me. So I wasn't prepared for the amount of fucking gore that actually occurs. I think as far as werewolf movies go, it has the best love and the best character connections out of all of them. Yeah. But I will say that I think that the werewolf, the actual werewolf itself, I think this movie pales in comparison to some other ones. Well, yeah. The transformation, every every werewolf movie you watch has to have the transformation scene. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's, it's, it's expected. 
every single one, what's your fucking transformation scene? And this is the one movie where they really don't have a good one. Yeah, but if you were coming to me and I was the guy that was doing special effects, and you're like, dude, I just don't like the fucking transformation scene. I was like, right. well, did you need to get fucking Gary Busey? Have you seen his fucking paycheck, bitch? <laughs> I gotta make cuts where I gotta make cuts. But it wasn't bad for what they did. It was fine. It was fine, but it pales in comparison to other werewolf movies. And Dino uh, De Laurentiis was actually really pissed when he saw the werewolf, mm-hmm. uh, the producer of the movie. He was like, he wanted something way better. Now, but it still looks did, cool, though. It still look cool. They did a good job of it. And where it works is that they really took Everett McGillis's eyes, yeah. and you could see his eyes good. in the werewolf. And they're really focused on the werewolf's eyes. So the werewolf wasn't bad. It wasn't terrible. Uh, it just wasn't as good as some of the other shit you, that they've done. You know what I really, you know, it's, it makes you so nostalgic for those kind of movies from the 80s and 90s where they really relied on practical effects. And they really, like, sweat balls and taint juice. Because nowadays, if Silver Bullet was made, it would just be a CG oh, yeah. fucking goddamn uh, fake-ass PS3 graphics fucking and, werewolf going... And werewolf movies as a whole should be commended for the fact that the majority of them do not... They yeah. don't rely on CGI. It's I all love, practical. The character of Everett, or the Reverend, is so much more character. And, you know, you don't get that much focus on and they did it perfectly by the way they built up each character in just the right amount you know uh, of of time screen time but you don't get these uh, he was he wasn't relatable but he was actually a fleshed out villain yeah. Like uh, in a lot more ways than just a, a booger man that lives on the f- edge of the forest that waits yep. for the full moon. He was really convincing as like uh, as like this almost uh, on the edge priest that is accepting of his condition but wants God to kill him but is in his own is psychosis saying that he's doing them a favor Dude. by removing the one bitch that's going to kill herself because if yeah. she because they reminded me of his character in uh, People Under the Stairs where he was like bad girls burn in hell and that, that was a genius mark because there's one girl who's going to kill herself because she's pregnant with a guy's baby and he doesn't want anything to That was shit. Her. Did you see that fucking scene? That he was, was like, no, it may be your oven, but it ain't my bun. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, or then you got to shoot that in Kentucky. She's about to kill herself, and then that's the first werewolf kill you get. But then later on, he explains it. Yeah. He's like, he's like, no, no, no. He was like, she was going to kill herself. And he was like, that was the ultimate sin. He yeah. was like, I saved her from eternal damnation by killing well, her. Dude, that he was, was fascinating. When he was walking on the bridge and he was like wringing his hands, yeah. I, it just it, like it like your butthole was puckered up real fucking bad because it was it was done so well to to, to swell the the dramatic moment when yeah. he was confronting Corey Haynes' character Marty and he was like and now you meddling little shit yeah. I was like whoa so fucking good and then he was like you're gonna have an accident over the bridge motherfucker thank God for old Mister Tulahan with his fucking uh, yeah Cucamonga uh, the only thing I ever like I guess when I was a kid I never <laughs> I don't know yeah you better return that <laughs> his uh, tractor what ties the story together for me though really is Gary Busey he's mm. such a fucking cool uncle great man. guy he takes this kid's wheelchair and he turns it into a goddamn RV motorcycle or, 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 or no, fucking no, motorcycle yeah like it's literally a a, 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 a mobile from the for the road gives him a hell's angel bike yeah and he's so worried about him he's like man if you're gonna fucking wreck on that your mom's gonna kill me so just stay safe and, and the, dude the, the dialogue between Gary Busey and that kid Corey Haim, where he's yeah. like look man I love you he's like I love you I built this out of love for you he was like and if you hurt yourself it's gonna kill me those little scenes those little tiny moments are what made Silver Bullet so fucking it's special because you could feel his love for that kid you know what it is it's, it's the personal relationships that are fleshed out and developed in a lot of ways that you don't get with werewolf movies. Yeah. He's like, look, I don't want you to give up on yourself. You know, look, you, you got you got dealt a bad fucking hand. You're crippled, and it sucks. 
but at the same time, you can give up and be, you know, just somebody that just woes their existence, or you can be a guy that's like, I'm going to accept my existence and move forward. Because yeah. he was also kind of the, the, I think they bonded. I think they were soulmates in a way, like, as far as, like, you know, they're... Because he was broken emotionally. He was broken, yeah, because his wife just left him, and it was kind of this whole fucking thing, and uh, it was really touching. There's a lot, yeah. you know, the, this movie overall has heart, man. It has a lot of fucking heart, and that's why it stands out to me. Is, it's probably my top, it's, it's definitely my top five werewolf movies of all time uh and i can watch it over and over again it's it's a perfect movie it's a combination of a perfect movie because of of the uh the the building of the relationships between the characters it's yeah. got a touching thing in it but it's also a perfect movie because there's a lot of horror and gore and graphic stuff in it yeah. for, for halloween <laughs> and actually as a matter of fact the final uh, climactic scene takes place on fucking halloween yeah it does you can't get better than that I do, jim I, I do love the one scene where the rednecks like trying to watch wrestling and he's like yeah smash him Smash him up, hurt him real bad. He's like, "Oh, that hurts my part." <laughs> he, said, he said that hurts my part. Oh, he's like, "Oh, here comes a rebel tornado." Oh, he's like, "I'm gonna shove some." Oh, right. He's grabbing the gun off the thing. He's like, "I'm gonna shove some salt up gas." <laughs> right before when he's just trying to watch wrestling and drink his beer, the guy slams the wrestling guy down on the TV, and he's like, "Oh, that hurts my parts." <laughs> but that was cool, man. That back in the day, so that movie came out in 1985, and and they were they were showcasing the NWA. The yeah. new wrestling or, or, some, or something wrestling association. Yeah. That's where, you know, Rick Flair. That's what it was back in the day, man. Uh, yeah. WCW and WWF really hadn't made a, a big impact yet. And that's what it was. And it was a Saturday night, and they got to watch. And that was fucking cool, man. Yeah. And then he had the little tiny fucking baby bottles of Budweiser that he was drinking constantly. <laughs> and then it, 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 like, he's such a perfect redneck because he's even when uh, his daughter gives a kiss to Corey Haim, he's like, goddamn cripples, they're all going to wind up on welfare. Might as well kill them all. Yeah. <laughs> he's a, he's okay. a perfect bad guy. And another thing <clears throat> this movie does really, really, really well is the emotion from the characters. Like the guy whose son dies when he oh, goes man, into that the guy bar, was great. and they're all fighting over whether or not the sheriffs can actually do anything. And John Locke from Lost is in the movie, yeah. by the way. He's an awesome actor. He's also in The Stepfather. He's a really good actor. But he's the town sheriff. And oh, yeah, all... he, was the, he was the stepfather. Yeah. Was, yeah, he was great. And the whole town decides to get together and they're like, it's like Halloween 4. They're like, we're yeah. going to do some militia treatment. And then they go out into the fucking woods and they all die. And dude, the best part of the entire movie for me is actually Everett McGillis' Up a good yeah. His dream that he has, his nightmare. Oh, dude, where he's I love that. That was and fucking great. Fucking start turning into werewolves. Dude, you know what that, that was shit like? Was dope as fuck. Do you dude. know what that was like? That's like when you're trying to defend Batman versus Superman as a good movie, and all the fucking Marvel <laughs> fanboys come out and they look at you with hatred. But no, yeah, it was. It was an amazing scene. And, yeah. and, and that bar that scene, was so cool. The bar scene, specifically, what you're talking about with the guy talking about his dead son. Man, I wish something like that had existed in Halloween 4. You don't have the police force! I wish something like that would have existed in Halloween 4. That would have been perfect. He, the yeah. teary eyes, and he was talking like, you go and dig my son up and tell him about private justice. Yeah. I was like, God damn, that's fucking good. That's solid. That was and he's like, shit. I'm going to go out and hunt me up some private justice. <laughs> Dude, that would have been... Can you imagine if they had at least included some kind of scene like that about one of the victims of Michael and getting that mob together and then yeah. going out to hunt Michael? Yeah. Great. And then, of course, the Reverend runs out. He's like, don't hunt me, bitch. <laughs> I like, no, watching it again and knowing that he's the werewolf, yeah. he's like, please stop. He's like, please stop. He goes, I don't want you no. to catch me. There's a lot of you fucking rednecks. No, don't do this. Uh, the last thing I want to mention before we give our rating for it is the last ending scene where Gary Busey's there. And Gary Busey's character played that perfectly. Where if they, he didn't <laughs> believe the kid. Like, if he just believed him, 
yeah. it would have been stupid because like you're gonna believe in werewolves but the way that he, he the way that he slowly started to believe the kid like yeah. he wanted to believe it. him but then he it. saw the paint on his fucking uh, on the silver bullet yeah. all that shit the scar. and then he's sitting there and, and he's sitting with the kids and he's holding the silver bullet that seems badass when they built the silver bullet that did was you, cool as shit did you not like also uh, real quick before we get back to what you're saying uh, the part when he gets the bullet made and the guy was That's like what I was just saying yeah oh the guy when the, he builds the, the silver the bullet, bullet maker that was dope dude because he was like because you could tell that motherfucker seen shit yeah and he was like uh, he goes I don't know what you use a silver bullet for is what Gary BC is like I don't know maybe to kill a werewolf yeah. it's like that bitch is the scary German dude from fucking Monster Squad. And they had a cool ass uh, throwback almost to like Nightmare on Elm Street where he's building the glove because they show so that cool. scene where he's and like you building the, the bullet. You hear the girl narrating and she's yeah. like, he was an old weapons that master. Dope as fuck. Fucking shit. But man. then the ending scene where he's cool enough of an uncle to sit there in this house to like send, send his parents away and he's sitting there with the house and he, he's passed out and he like it's like three o'clock in the morning. And he's like, you know what? Fuck this. He's like, you fuckers. He's like, I'm having a real familiar feeling here. I, had to I pay, feel like a jackass. And I had to pay money for your parents to go away yeah, he's like go to bed and the light dude Gary Busey's fear in those scenes the way that he parlayed like not really believing it but kind of believing it and he's then great. when the when the when the werewolf started showing up he was so fucking scared man he was so fucking freaked out that was such, that was a really great That's acting scary shit if you say a big old giant fucking yeah, wolf man he was he was he was, he was literally you or me or any of us in that situation trying to protect yeah. young kids he was scared I remember when we were kids it was always the coolest thing ever to have a cool uncle or just an older person like that was Gary Busey's age or around that that would let you stay up late with them and like yeah. hang out watch horror movies especially on Halloween and they just spent their time with you like it was a lot of uh, like nostalgic and, and just kind of a, like for me anyway when I was watching that scene I was like man I get that like how cool it would be when you're Corey Haynes age or yeah. even his sister it's like Monster Squad where the dad sits on the yeah. roof and watches it's, the drive it's the same. It, it, it really yeah. pulls you into the scene it's like man that would be fucking great and he lets them stay up probably way past their bedtime probably 3 o'clock in the morning or 4 o'clock in the morning yeah. and that's always cool and then he's like oh this is all fucking bullshit and then that scene happens it's a great scene yeah. uh, I, I don't I think it was a little cheesy uh, after uh, Everett was sh- or, or the Reverend was shot like another fucking time in the eyeball and he still goes Whoa. That scared me actually. It did. That actually it was a great me. jump scene, but I was like, the way he he reverted back, I was like, ooh, motherfucker, you look nasty. Yeah, I was like, dude, I, I, that's what I got. Like, I muted the fucking TV. And he looked because he was all gray and shit. I'm like, yeah. don't fucking do it because I was staring real hard because I was looking at the makeup effects and stuff, and I was like, please don't ruin it for me. I just want to examine how well you did because he was all great, but then look good. A wonderful ending, a really good ending, and I, and I even like I got a little uh, almost like almost when she was like. I never. I always had a problem saying I love you. Yeah. And then she's like, "But I can say it now. I love you, Marty, and good night." Yeah. I'm like, "That's how you end a fucking movie was good, on man. werewolves, bitch." It was good. It was so cool, man. And Gary Busey's the greatest uncle of all fucking time. Uncle Red is great, no doubt. So, so that I'm, I'm at an eight point five. Yeah, dude. I'm 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 almost there. I'm a nine. Yeah. I like that movie a little bit better than you, just because I, it's one of my favorite werewolf movies of all time. The transformation scenes aren't as good. The werewolf itself is not as good. Yeah. But the characters, man, the heart. The, the, the yep. storytelling, all of that stuff is one of the best werewolf movies I've ever seen. And it's also one of the best Halloween movies you can watch in October. Yep. You said it, man. You said it best, That's brother. it. You said it best. Troy Couch, thank you. You're an awesome fucking dude. Thanks for being a Patreon. Thanks for supporting us. Thank all you Patreons for supporting us, making this channel what it is today. We love you guys so fucking much. The first year the first. <laughs> you gon' get it. Oh, shit. You gon' get it. You gon' pop your oho out. You gon' get it. Oh, say it. And let's fuck face new tank. Click this drop button. It's not damn way up in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, dirty.
guys, welcome back to We Watch the Movie. I'm Mike. I'm Jay. And this is a Patreon request review for our buddy Billy Joyner on Patreon. Billy Joyner. How you doing, Billy? You come on down and join us. Come on down to South Park. We're going to have our sale time. Bing, 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 South Park. Watch it. Let your kids watch it, too. Holy fuck. That's I scared. have begun that, to initiate. That, that scared the fuck out of me. That actually, I was like, what the hell? Shukakon! Shukakon! <laughs> we got a smoke machine, bitches! Yes, it is. This, uh, if you guys want to check out our Patreon down below, there's a tier on there where you can request a movie for us to review, and this is a perfect one for Halloween Horror Month 2020. Classic movie reanimator. Jeffrey Combs, you love the king. I love Jeffrey Combs. Love Jeffrey. By the way, Doctor Vatican from House on the Haunted Hill. Yeah, it took man. me a second to realize that he was the one that goes <laughs> <laughs> with, the, with the blade, and he was also in the Frighteners, which a lot of people, the crazy FBI guy in the, in the Frighteners. The thing about Reanimator, though, they should use that in the next Viagra commercial. <laughs> Reanimator. Put this green glowy shit in your wiener and let him get have that it. Reanimator going. You know what? Honestly, I I watched this. I'd never seen it, and it was actually goddamn glorious. It Dude. was really good to look at. It was really good to watch, and I had a great time. They had a great, wonderful time. Yeah, man. I, when you told me that you hadn't seen it, I couldn't believe it. I've probably seen it maybe like just like three times. But even watching it again, man, this is one of my favorite horror movies ever, man. It's, it's really that good. fucking amazing. So, if you don't know, which, uh, that's not enough. <laughs> Run, Dexter. Oh, God. Dexter was right in this place. I need Come on, dude. Smoke. Let's bail. Give me some more smoke, goddammit. Oh, dude, we rocked hard. Someone said, they're like, that's not a bong machine. That's a bong, and you it's, know it. It's a combination. You should just drop some, you know, droplets in there. It's a combination. Anyway, so Reanimator, if you don't know, trust, there's going to be spoilers in this. We're going to tear up through the whole movie, but most of you guys, if you're watching this, have probably definitely seen Reanimator before. Uh, what the movie's about, it's it's this doctor. It's a guy, he's in, he's in school to be a doctor. He's an up-and-coming student. He's dating his dean's daughter. Uh, Barbara Crampton of Horror Extraordinaires, and uh, he, this weird-ass doctor dude, Herbert, who's played by Jeffrey Combs, shows up to learn at the school. He moves into his apartment, and he is weird as fuck, dude. Well, yeah, because Herbert got basically kicked out of the school that he was studying in in Munich, Switzerland, and because <laughs> it was like, you killed him! He's like, I did not... I gave him life. <laughs> Herbert, by the way, by the way, the professor that he supposedly killed in uh, Munich, Switzerland, do you know what his fucking name was? Munich's in Germany. Is there a Munich in Switzerland? I thought it was Munich. I don't Maybe, know. I don't know. Maybe I was wrong. I don't know. Someplace, somewhere. It, it's, it was Switzerland. Maybe not Munich, Switzerland. Switzerland, whatever the city was. But uh, I don't speak Swiss chess, but he said uh, he was like, a, dude, the guy's name was, uh, the, the professor that died was Hans Gruber. Yeah, I saw that. Dude. I was like, <laughs> he's like, Hans Gruber. He's like, oh. I, I reminded me of the right away that Bruce Willis, he's like, his brother's name was Hans Gruber. And then Bruce Willis was like, oh, shit. <laughs> That's what I said. I was like, oh, shit. But yeah, yeah Herbert West, the guy, Jeffrey almost plays that part perfectly because he's not really a bad guy but he's super fucking weird it's like the kid in high school that wears all black fingernails and and eye makeup and shit but when you get to his house he's a normal kid that likes to play Nintendo 64 (laughs) but nobody understands him and Herbert West is kind of like that I didn't mind the kid I thought he was awesome I liked him better than the main guy which by the way the main guy in this Dan looks like a cross between Bill Pullman and Luke Wilson I could see that man I could definitely dude if you look on on Google on images there's a part where he's like an image he's wearing glasses I thought it was fucking Bill Pullman and Cass I can totally see that. I can see that 100%. Handsome guys all the way Amazing around. A lot of guy. handsome dudes in this, man. I'll tell you what, I had a boner the entire filming. Can't help it. But, uh, no, so th- that's what happens. He shows up, he moves in with him, and he starts doing some freaky-deaky shit in his basement. By the way, I like when he moves in. He shows up at the house, because he's, like you said, he's 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 technically a bad guy, like he's a dickhead, but he's he's just, it's just the way he is. Like, he's yeah. hell-bent. All he cares about is, is science. You know what he was? All he cares about is, is, is his weird doctor shit. He was a slightly weirder Steve Jobs. 
<laughs> that's what he was. He, he just walks around with like jeans and no shoes on. I'm like, totally you guys get down with like not only art but computer technology. I'm not gonna do it, Dan. I love it. Uh, or what, what was what was Seth Rogen's character's name in that movie? The other dude. What? Uh, what movie? The guy that he worked with in Jobs. Oh, uh, uh, oh yeah, uh, fucking. Oh my God, we're so stupid. Yeah, whatever that guy's yeah. name was. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter at all. But no, he's the so one that basically he, made Apple. Yeah. <laughs> when he when he shows just want you to recognize the Apple II team, Steve. Uh, but no, he shows up at their house and he's just weird as fuck. He just walks in and he's like, I heard there was an apartment for rent. Uh, and he's like, Does it have a basement? And they're like, Yeah, sure, we'll show it. He's like, I'll take it. Here's the first and last month's rent. You won't even know I'm here. And she's like, Well, maybe you guys should talk about this a little bit. He's like, I've already decided. Yeah, dude, he it, he's such a good actor. Jeffrey Combs is actually honestly a good actor, yeah. but it was so hard to separate him from the weird FBI guy in the Frighteners. Yeah. Because every time I, he talked, I thought he was interviewing Michael J. Fox. He's like, yeah, and then you went to the store at 3 o'clock. <laughs> and then they didn't know that you were driving down the street with your wife, and she went to fight. If, you, like, if you've seen the Frighteners and haven't seen Reanimator, he's kind of the same it's, kind of type of dude. Yeah, he's he, he just an obsessed guy with his work, and he just wants a private space to do it, but he's very pushy about what he wants, when he wants it, and how he wants it. Pretty much, like, again, Steve Jobs. Like, it yeah. doesn't matter. If you don't see the art, get on my face. Yeah. Go get a job at fucking Microsoft. <laughs> like, it when he shows up. Because there's this asshole doctor, and I can't remember that. I, I can't remember the guy's oh, name. Oh, yeah, that dude. Uh, the great actor. The guy was awesome in the movie. But when he shows up, this guy's supposed to be his teacher. And, and he's sitting there, and the guy's talking to him, and Jeffrey Combs' character sitting there holding a pencil. And he knows that the guy's a hack and a fraud or whatever, and he tells him that to his face, pretty much. He was like, yeah, your work, uh, as soon as he meets the guy the, the dean introduces him and he's like yeah i know you uh your work uh, copied the doctor from switzerland uh a little too close honestly and uh all the work that you came out with yourself sucks butt cheeks uh, he yeah. basically said that to his face and there, well, there's also that scene where there, he's having that that the, the the dickhead doctor is having a bunch of students and he's talking that's a fucking gnarly scene when he scene. cuts the, and I was like ah I hate fucking scalping dude and he pulls the guy's scalp over his face and flappy flap and then you take a cranium saw and, and I was like it's enough I don't want to see too much of it but it, then he basically tells him the, the Herbert guy gets mad and he was like these students come here to learn it's bullshit basically what he's saying like, he's like he goes brain death does not occur between 6 and 12 minutes he goes maybe you should copy his work more so you can learn something and I was like Ooh. when he was sitting there listening to him and the teacher's talking he's just sitting there dead ass staring at him just dead ass in the face and he snaps the pencil and the teacher's like whoop maybe you should invest in a pen <laughs> he snaps it a second time he's like Mr. Herbert do you know who maybe that, you should invest in a pen that guy could have been the guy that was in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 that was like pepperoni and cheese the one that like helps him make the secret of the ooze yeah. or whatever but yeah, anyway, overall, man, I gotta say, it's considered a black comedy. It's considered a comedy that has dark elements in it. I, the comedy was there. I just felt like, suck it, suck that dick, suck it. Uh, but no, I just felt like it was one of those movies that had a lot more. It was just weird. Like I didn't see it. some of the comedy came and it was funny, but it wasn't like when I said when I hear black comedy, I'm thinking more like because it's supposed to be gore mixed with comedy. I was thinking more like Evil Dead Two. Yeah, it kind of goes that route, but it doesn't go as like. I don't know. It I just didn't go all the way there. I get that. The, well, the comedy's black comedy. Like, the, the comedy's in the fact that there's so much batshit stuff that happens in this movie that you just can't imagine it happening. Like, shit goes so fucking foobar so many times that you're just you're sitting there and you start laughing your ass off. You're just like, God, you all are so fucked. Because what happens, uh, well, well, I promise we'll get to it. What happens is the whole thing with Herbert, Dr. West, is that he ha he's obsessed with bringing people from the dead back to life. So what he does is he grates that green glowy shit that you see in the posters, which I love. I love that green glow effect mm -hmm. that's that's by the way what they used in halloween 6 to kill michael myers finally 
But uh, he, uh, the dude's cat goes missing, and and Barbara Crampton, his girlfriend Megan, is all uncomfortable uh, with with the dude anyway because he's weird as shit. And she's like, "Where's your cat? I haven't seen him in days, huh?" They go, they find the cat in his fr- refrigerator, dead. And he's like, uh, "I found him that way. <laughs> I found him. It's fine. He's, he's yeah. like, I found him. It's cool." He explained it very rationally too. He was like, "The cat got in the garbage can, got a plastic bag wrapped around its head, and it suffocated." I just didn't think you wanted to find it that way, so I put it in my refrigerator. <laughs> now, can you please give me my monster drink? and get out of my room. <laughs> I didn't want it stinking up the place. And he was like, did I not rent a private room? Well, I was like, a- You're my dead cat's in your fridge. I didn't like Dan going, I mean, look, Dan had a right to be mad that his cat was in your fucking refrigerator, but don't go in to, and get my Gatorade because he got his little glow. He's like, what's this, huh? What's this? I was like, that's private. Don't go in my, my fridge and get my green goo out. And he's such an open dick. Like, he's just open with his dickhead personality. He's like, I don't think the demon would like to know that you're boinking his daughter. Huh? Can he do it like I- this? I, well, Megan always kept bothering because every time Herbert was trying to get Dan convinced, she would always show up and ruin it for him. I like that part when they're downstairs in the autopsy room and, he, and then she's like, Dad, Dan. He's like, damn this bitch. <laughs> and he even caught later on when she's like going through like the horrors of his life. He's like, ah, I caught you slumming with the young co-ed bimbo. Huh? Yeah. But uh, no, so basically what happens is uh, he goes downstairs. He finds uh, Dr. West working in the basement because he hears this cat screeching after this happened. This cat scratch fever Ted Nugent was down there <laughs> and smoking in the boys room and he's the cat's attached to, to, to Herbert West and that was a great scene because like even though he was freaked out he's like what the fuck is that yeah, on the so back on your back? they both team up and they're both chasing this this psycho cat around trying to beat it with a baseball bat and then he explains to him what he's done he's like no I've done it he, he, he shows him that the cat's dead he brings the cat back to life again and he's like I found the cure to bring the dead back to life you can be famous he's like you're the you're my per- you're the perfect guy to be my assistant because you know everybody likes you and you're boinking the, the dean's daughter that green shit is what Keith Richards uses to keep himself up <laughs> I believe it, it really is it's Rolling Stone secrets revealed in a movie <laughs> but yeah well you know, apple cider vinegar I like, I, I like when they were bringing the cat back and I was all squished up in the gooeys. Mm. He was like, uh, he was like, why is it making that sound? It's like, birth is usually painful. I was yeah. like, woo! There's so many good lines. Do you lines, write dude. for Mail and Manson? <laughs> There's so many good lines in this movie, and it's gory as shit, by the way. Like, it's so gory, and the gore is good. Mm. It's not like, obviously, there's no CGI in it for the year that this movie came out. There's no CGI, but the practical effects on the gore, we'll get into what happens later, but starting with the dead cat and the scene that you were talking about where he's peeling the thing back, it's all done so well, man. It is fucking on point. It all looks it, it looks fucking 100% real. It's, it's phenomenon. It's glor- glorious as, as fuck and it's glorious at the same time. I love I, it. I also like that well, you know, and I looked this up because uh, I was watching and I was like, well, that sounds really familiar. The composer of the score said he purposefully based it on the psycho the psycho yeah. music because it sounded it was like oh this is kind of like psycho and he's like it is on purpose supposed to be kind of like a psycho because if you listen to the opening titles it sounds like fucking psycho yeah but it's got it's just an, I was like are you vanilla icing this he's like it goes <laughs> ding 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 but no he, he said it was on purpose so I guess they got away with it they treated it just enough to get away from being copyright slapped yeah but it was it, it, it sounds exactly like fucking psycho yeah and I liked it's it I thought it, it fit the movie it fit the movie really well it does they go after after that whole scene happens he goes and he goes to the dean and he's like look yeah we're you know he can, he can really do it. He can bring the dead back from life. The dean's like, fuck you. You're not seeing my daughter anymore. I'm kicking you out of school. I'm kicking him out of school. So they devise a plan to go into the morgue where the security guard's like, I'm going to go get me a sandwich. <laughs> he leaves. They go into the morgue and they try to bring an actual dead body back to life. But the problem is they picked fucking Lou Ferringo's corpse. <laughs> that was big as shit. This is when it gets to Evil Dead to funny shit. Like, cause yeah. it's just so out there fucking against the 
the grain. It's, it's, it's wild as fuck, crazy kids, wild and crazy kids. But they put the green juice in this dude. He gets up, he starts hawking out, he starts beating the shit out of him. This scene's so crazy. It reminds me of the scene in Return of the Living Dead where Thom Matthews and the dude from Frasier uh, bring the zombie back to life and they're trying to kill it and they don't know what to do and everybody's freaking out. It's that level of just pandemonium and fun. But uh, her dad comes downstairs. Next thing you know, he has to take uh, this, the, the bone saw. Mm, bone saw is ready to kill the guy. And then the dad, uh, her dad comes downstairs. He starts freaking out. He gets killed by the thing. Then Barbara Campton's character comes in. And it's just this fucking royal rumble of batshit crazy stuff. And they're basically like, yeah, we killed your dad. Uh, but we can bring him back. Yeah, it was like basically being in a mosh pit with the Grateful Dead fans. Yeah. It's just everybody that's fucking dead on the inside and dead on the outside running around trying to act like psychopaths like they were when they were 18. You're like, it's just not working yeah, anymore. Yeah, it's like a but bunch of dude, high schoolers on vodka. Yeah, that dude that was fucking running around that was all bruised up that looked like Lou Ferrigno or like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I was like, this is what steroids does to you kids and serotonin. A lot of serotonin and fucking like all that shit that you shouldn't take that stuff. That's why they banned Four Loco. You can't kids do get it. fucking crazy. And he was all bruised up too. That's what needles will do to you, okay? You could tell that guy had roided the fuck out. Basically, anybody, don't take creatine too much, okay? Because you're going to get roided out, okay? <laughs> it was basically a fucking political rally in the year of our Lord 2020. You know what's crazy is like, uh, for a second you saw his, he, you saw his dong. Mm-hmm. You saw his dong. I'm like multiple dong. Yeah, I was like, well, I was like, uh, why didn't this motherfucker rated X? Because like they always said that if you sh- if you show full frontal yeah. male nudity, they'll yeah. give you an NC17. Oh. But I saw a dong flopping around like it was like hanging in the wind like a wind chime. It was like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. I was like watching it with uh, my girlfriend. I was like, holy shit, that's a dong. That's a dick. I mean, Jim. you gotta, you know, you have one so you can spot it right away. Like that's a penis. Is it bigger than mine? Is it? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but now this thing, I, I, that's the, actually, that, I was like, that's a thick dick. <laughs> when I saw it, I was like, that's a thick old that, dick. That boy thick. Because, Eddie, if you're going to, look, I know it's off subject, but if you're going to be in a moment where you have to show your dick, the yeah. first thing you're going to do is stretch it and make sure it's a little bit wide. Especially if you're an extra and, like, you're just an extra, you're just going to play a dead body in the movie and they're like, we got to show your dick. Yeah. You're not going to accept that role unless you got a big dick. Yeah, and not to mention the, or you can just stretch it a little bit, make sure it's all thick <laughs> and kind of like got the blood pumping down to it because, look, if it doesn't work out in the movies, Pornhub might be calling. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he was doing good. good but, yeah, I was, I was shocked that they showed that because, I mean, there is one scene, specifically one scene, that they show full on. Well, not full on, the, the chick in it, uh, but you see her titties and stuff, which is fucking a gross-ass scene. But you didn't see her bush. Oh, man, that's... Well, no, you saw a little bit of bush. Maybe. I, I can't remember. It's all, it's all just a, a, a hectic... We have bush. Shroud of nudity. We got bush. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of nudity in the movie, by the way. It opens up on a shot of this really fat chick that they're dissecting, mm. and her titties are just falling down. You know, I thought that was a dude. You thought it was a dude? I thought it was a dude with big tits. That's huge tits. I, I was like, no, I just was like, hey, it's man. huge tits. It could, be, it could be fucking like a big, fat, overweight dude. And I was like, oh, that's a dude. I don't know. Just the body type. I don't know. I just thought it was that a was dude. A, that was Big Dave. Uh, but no, <laughs> that's what they call him. They call him Big Dave with Dave tits Thomas. showing up. Got them Dave Thomas tits. But no, uh, it, it all goes crazy after that. This doctor, who's creepy as shit, by the way, who clearly wants to fuck the uh, the college Nasty kid, too. The, the daughter of his friend, even when he toasts, like that dad, like honestly, like I know he went through a bad road because he ends up obviously dying and being reanimated and his whole story. But he, when he's alive, he's sitting right at that table, and, that, and his doctor friend's like, "I can't believe you're letting her date him." And then he shows up, and he's like, "You should stay here and drink with us." And then he toasts, and he's like, "To Megan, for your beauty holds us all." And domicile or whatever the fuck he said yeah. it was creepy as shit the guy had creepy school teacher trying to bang young chicks all over him he reminded me of uh, Frank from Hellraiser like call me daddy absolutely daddy Dead he's on. like I want to be your sugar daddy yeah and that was uh, yeah he was creepy basically he was, he was Jeffrey Epstein he was really like a fucking obviously bad nasty dude that you were like mm, yeah, I hope you die really badly in, in, in yeah. some awful way and he does good actor though he's a great actor again 
I, the movie it, 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 it's such a strange movie but it was like one of those movies that it didn't go so fucking weird like a racer head where you're like this is too much oh it's so like, easy to follow this is like LSD on fucking acid a racer head like I'm, I'm not gonna get out of this but it, it, it towed the line it was weird but it didn't go too far weird but yeah. it maintained that line and I had a great fucking time watching yeah. it overall like everybody did a really good job with the movie I and it, it actually convinced like when I was watching it I was like man I want to they make a sequel to this? They did. They called Beyond Reanimator. I was like, I'm yeah. going to watch that shit. I think there's a brighter Reanimator, too. i got to check them out. This is yeah. the only one I've seen. But it looked good. I was like, man, I want to watch more of this. What else happens in your crazy world and castle that you built? <laughs> Eureka's Castle. Wow, crazy kids. It was fucking crazy, man. Yeah, man. It, it, it's a fun-ass movie. And that's the number one thing about it. It's 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 a it's a pure-hearted horror movie, man. Like, it is, it's got tons of gore. It, as we mentioned, it's got nudity in it. It's got black comedy in it. And it's fucking entertaining as shit. Like, you think all this shit about medical doctors and all this shit they could have easily made this movie boring as shit but it's so just fucking wily that it's entertaining from start to finish it's like an hour and a half and it goes by like nothing man it's such an easy movie that was another yeah I was gonna say like the the runtime in this is like an hour and 26 minutes like it makes it's so fast because it's so interesting and you're so involved in the movie like they do a really good job of making you like involved because the pacing is done so well like you understand that it's weird and it's crazy and and everything's going off off the rails but you're so invested in the characters and you and again I didn't think Herbert was a bad guy not either like he's like look bitch I got something to bring you back to life you might come back fucking weird it's like sometimes dead is better but like not in this instance maybe you want to come back to life I don't know but he had something that was cool and it was like he wasn't I don't think he killed their fucking cat maybe the cat did get suffocated by that goddamn bag I, yeah that's a good question cats are stupid I'd like to ask no him, they're not stupid did you kill but that they, fucking cat man I don't think he did I think the cat might have got its head caught in a bag you really kill all them worthless animals boy take that damn thing off probably queer uh, but that's from Halloween by the way don't judge me but no uh, and, and, okay so one that's more that's not se- what you said the goddamn basement <laughs> <laughs> one more uh, uh, one more scene I gotta talk about before we wrap this up man when shit gets fucking wily as hell and it hits the fan and they go for one fail swoop at the end of it and that doctor tries to steal jeffrey combs's character's uh uh stuff and he fucking shovels him to death he kills him with that shovel he's like you fucking hack or whatever it was he said yeah uh he kills him the doctor he pumps him full of that green shit and then he's he's beheaded and he starts to carry around his own head because he puts it in blood and his head's like where that shit was creepy that was, well, it, that was the only part I was like I was kind of getting annoyed I was like takes the fucking binocular and first of all I was like getting real technical it was like how the fuck are you breathing or talking you're not attached to your lungs bitch you're not attached to anything it's like chicken that sucks by itself it, but then you dip it in sauce I thought and it's w- good yeah well I don't know he dipped it in blood yeah, but he couldn't talk. He had no lungs to bring in air, and he couldn't talk. He had no vocal cords. I was like, if you'd step that shit on you. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, I got technical about it. I was like, what the fuck is going on? He can't talk. By God, I'm a doctor, not a pool man. But I, I would say, uh, yeah, that that's, again, the, the one thing about it, it is very bloody, and it's very gory, but it's done really, really well. I mean, there is no special effects as far as, like, CG shit. It's practical effects, and it's done really, really well. And, again, it, it really makes you sad, because back in the mid-'80s when this came out, it was like, oh, that was when they were doing that stuff. That looks better today than oh, a lot yeah. of the other bullshit Ninja Turtle shit Michael Bay is producing out of his no, buckles. They would never take the time today to do that. And it's, it's, a, it's If a they ever jam. remade this movie, it would all be CG. Like, yeah. The whole motherfucking it'd thing be, would be CG. It'd be a fucking, they, and, they, and if they couldn't use Jeffrey Combs for it, they would never fucking nail. Like, Jeffrey Combs made this fucking you know, thing. No, I, I would use Edward Norton. 
for that part. That I, think, I think he could as close as you can get. I think yeah. he would be weird and as weird as you can get with that part. Maybe Crispin Glover. Crispin Glover actually <laughs> fits that part really okay. well. Uh, or the guy from uh, Leslie Vernon Beyond the Mask would probably be a pretty good one too. But anyway, no one's like Jeffrey Combs, man. He's just a weird dude. I don't understand I Jeffrey Combs though, man, because he ha he has a good look about him. I never understood why he didn't get bigger than he did. I mean, he did Doctor Vatican in House on a Hill. He did the weird FBI guy in The Frighteners, and he did this movie, and he did Beyond Reanimator. But he's always been like labeled as a B-lister actor or yeah, something for no bullshit. reason. He's a good actor. Like, yeah. I don't understand. I don't understand you. He, he, he should have at least gotten really cool small roles in gigantic blockbuster mm -hmm. movies. You know what I mean? But he would have actually, I would have fucking gone with him as being the next Dr. Loomis. I could see that, dude. Yeah, really like if they that. had done him in Halloween 2018 instead of Sartain, or Sartain, yeah. and they would just recast Man, Loomis, that would have been great. I think that so. Been fucking I think amazing. so. But no, the pure horror, like, like there's one scene in this that is actually like had had me being like, oh god, fuck, this is, ah, I don't like this at all. It's really, really scary, really fucked up. Is when this headless doctor, because he's obsessed with Megan, he he kidnaps her. He ties her to the table because he puts his fucking uh, his, his fake doctor head on his on his head so he has this plastic fucking head that he's walking <laughs> that around holding his own head and he's walking around and he sneaks into the morgue or whatever because the security guard he's like is that you head. doctor like, of course it is <laughs> you can hear it's coming from a duffel bag <laughs> he gets her strapped to this table and she's butt naked or just their tits just flopping around everywhere it's really uncomfortable just from the beginning and then he his he has his, his body pick up his own head. He's like, I've loved you, Megan. You love me. And he starts, like, licking her nipples and shit. And he's like, going to go down on her. He's holding his own severed head and forcing it to, like, lick her and, like, lick her nipples. And he's bleeding all and over. And going down to her vagina. Yeah, dude. Like, he was holding it right there before the guy versus, you what are you doing to my girlfriend? Me. By the way, I was just going to say that. That's what happens when you're on a porn site or something. And then there's an ad that pops up and you don't mean to click it. But you do it. It's something <laughs> fucking weird. You're like, what? And then you try to click out of it. And it's like it's stuck on your computer. But it's it pure horror, If you put yourself in her shoes at that moment where uh, well, she wasn't wearing any shoes she wasn't wearing anything but if you put herself in, in her mindset while she's standing there and she literally wakes up to the scary old guy's severed head licking her boobs and she's screaming and they do it slow like they take their time with it and it's just so uncomfortable and then she hits him in the head and his head flies off and it's just this this empty head and she's just started screaming anymore and then later in the scene all those fucking corpses come to life and you've got a rural rumble basically yeah and by the way these corpses aren't zombies they don't eat anybody they're just fucking insane crazy like steroid infused people. He uses the power of the will and the brain. He finds a way to harness that and make all these corpses. Yeah, he lobotomized them all. And they're supercharged, too, yeah. so they all got, like, super energy. How do you get the fucking Bebop and Rocksteady strength? I don't understand. <laughs> but by the way, you know, when she was being licked and shit by this old man head and stuff like that, I felt like that would be the same thing for any young girl going to the Playboy Mansion with Hugh Hefner. That's probably what it's like for Melania. I would say it was, it was right for any three fucking people that worked with <laughs> Hugh Hefner. I mean, Trump is like, uh, Trump's not as old as Hugh. Hugh Hefner was an old bastard with three hot-ass wives. Can you imagine, like, looking down and seeing this old fucking codger licking up through your fucking uh, belly button to your nipples. At least he was giving them money. All he was going to do was kill her and bring her back to life as a sex slave. Melania fucking gets money. She probably gets I'm money. Not, no, I'm talking about Hugh Hefner. Well, oh, yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I mean, Hugh Hefner compared to, uh, uh, anyway. I mean, anyway, yeah. It's, it's, it's a fantastic movie with an amazing ending. I cannot wait. I need to watch the sequel. because. By the way, that's allegedly. I don't know if Melania, I don't want to get sued. I don't know if she, <laughs> she probably doesn't get money. I mean, she probably loves him deeply. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go watch Reanimator. It's a great show. <laughs> I, dude, it's a 10 for me. It's, it, a, it's Golden uh, Eagle. It's a 9. I, I liked it a lot, except that there were, like, there were certain things that bothered me, but otherwise it was still a great fucking solid movie. And again, it, it, it's rare when, uh, I've, I've never seen a movie like that before, that I want to immediately watch a sequel to it. And I was like, I hope they made a sequel. And then I was like, oh my god, they did. It got yeah. suggested in my Amazon box. <laughs> but it was like that. And I'm like, man, that's it, it, they, they did such a great job with it. Yeah. And I, I, you know, and I really hope that Hollywood leaves it the fuck alone. Because okay. I don't want them touching it. 
There's no reason to ever, ever, ever. Well, they would because they, they're running out of fucking ideas left and right. They might yeah. as well. They'd be like, oh, let's throw Reanimator in there. I could not see that ever fucking working, man. I, every every bit of this movie is something that Hollywood just could not recreate in, in, in 2020. But anyway. You get Robert Pattinson as Herbert West. <laughs> <laughs> you get Robert Pattinson as Herbert West. He's, it's a dark, gritty tale. And you get Robert England as the crazy scientist Ditch. that wants to sleep with his girlfriend. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but no, it's a, it's a 10 out of 10 for me, 9 out of 10 for Jay. Billy Joyner, you rock the shit, man. You're an awesome dude. We really appreciate it. Um, your uh, patronage and amazing. your friendship, man. You're a cool you, man. ass fucking dude. What an amazing pick for Halloween Horror Month. Hope you guys enjoyed this. We do have a couple of, of, of old school horror movie reviews to do for Halloween Horror Month that, that, that are coming up as well. Uh, and uh, no, I'm sorry, we only do new stuff. Yeah. Take that old skit, old school shit and lay it by your TV. We don't do that shit no more. <laughs> lay it by your TV. Lay, lay it by, no more fucking rock and roll. It's all about this. Hip hop. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a rock No more of this. It's all about this. <laughs> We love your fucking faces. Don't forget to click that subscribe button because we're doing shit all month long. Love your fucking face. If you're new to the channel, click that subscribe button. I just fucking said that, Jim. I'm Mr. Peter. I'm going to go get the paper. Get, get down the paper. God damn. Got to reanimate it. Man, you know what I was thinking the other day? I went to fucking Target, and then I, I, I went to check out, right? Yeah. And the clerk looked at me in the face, dead in the face, and they were like, yeah, yeah. No, he didn't. <laughs> I knew that. I, I, I knew that was coming. I thought about no, it. I went deep enough into the story. Because I saw your stupid eye twitch. Yeah, I fucked up. My bad. <laughs> Don't fucking bitch. That didn't. <laughs>